Big shot here for Faulkner. Time, she's got to shoot it. Quarter contact call. And in and over, the Mystics win it at the death. The Mystics have won it and just sucked all the oxygen out of the room here in Rotorua. Yes, that was the biggest talking point to come out of round six of the ANZ Premiership. The Mystics pibbing the magic at the post, or did they? I mean, lots to discuss. Jenny Woods and Dean Wilson, what are your thoughts on the finishing of that game? Well, my initial thoughts is, yay, don't we love a close one? So that tick for that. Mm -hmm. And then my second thought is, and we've talked about this already, technology. There's all this chitter chat. If we had technology incorporated into our game, we would have had an answer then and there because we would have been able to look back at the replay X, Y and Z and it would have been solved. Get up to date, netball, <laughs> bring in technology. We're in the modern era. It's all there. Use it. Well, is it though? Because I would have thought, <laughs> okay, who needs it? I mean, I was aware, uh, watching it at home, I loved it, so exciting. But I w knew that, okay, there's a clock up there, there's a clock down there, they're not the one that matters, the one that matters is on the umpire's wrist. And I didn't think for a minute that there was going to be any controversy about it. Um, I don't think there was any need to, um, you know, question the, the result at all. Great win to the Mystics. Well, the Magic are appealing it at the moment. We don't know where it's at at the moment, but it is being discussed. But to add a little bit of credibility to this conversation... Oh, are we not credible? <laughs> <We're> so <laughs> much credible. We can go, we can go <laughs> one better. We're going to welcome okay. in international umpire Jono Breden now. Kia ora, Jono. Kia ora, how are you? Good, thank you. Right, were you watching the game? And if so, tell us your thoughts on what happened at the final whistle there. Uh, yeah, I have been watching the game and I guess the challenge which you've both correctly identified is that there's numerous clocks. There's a clock at the, at the stadium, there's the broadcast clock and really the only stopwatch that matters is sitting on the scorekeeper's bench and the siren going at the end of that time or the umpires being alerted via their umpire alerts or the pages they wear on their wrists that um, time is up. The challenge which we've always had, um, ironically, using that technology is obviously there's a delay between someone pressing the button on the bench and the umpire receiving the signal, which can be up to two seconds given some situations. So really it is a matter of timing um, and when you've got a close end of the game with penalty shots, etc which need to be awarded obviously before time expires to be able to count, then this is kind of the perfect storm um, of when this becomes a real point of conjecture, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've been banging on about this a little bit because of we've seen, you know, in Australia, we had the Aussie um, centre pass debacle two in a row. We saw in the quad series that shot went in and then the ref went, did the shot go in, didn't it? What's your take on technology? Should netball be using it? Like, is there a place for it? Does it delay things? You've obviously um, been involved with rugby as well, so there's different um, use of technology in that. So what's your take for netball? It's an interesting one. So I'm, I'm still currently involved with World Netball's Rules Advisory Panel, and one of the discussions we've been having at the moment is how can we use technology uh, more? Because for a while there, we were ahead of the game. I mean, Dean, you'll recall... 
um, a little old lady running after us to tell us that um, time has expired and that That's would, would not be appropriate. I do remember that. I've totally forgotten. <laughs> With the stopwatch running. I mean, I mean we've, we've come a long way. Um, but at the same time, look, there are other there are other sports where timing is critical, much like in netball, where it means the winning of a game or a losing of a game. The challenge always that we have in netball is making sure that every country or every league that plays can access the technology and has the resources to make it happen. And that's where we've gone back to World Netball and suggested that we want to look at some different trials of technology and how they can be used because it doesn't really, there's no perfect scenario. I mean, we've all seen games of netball where um, it wouldn't matter what siren you use or whether it was a gunshot, you wouldn't have heard the end of time because the crowd is so raucous, we're in an indoor environment, which is slightly different to the rugby scenario. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have the answer yet, but obviously in a sport where you alternate centre passes, you can't afford to get that wrong, nor can you afford to get the end of a game wrong. Um, and elite umpires are, should be well trained for both of those occurrences. So you say, Jono, you're on this rules advisory panel. How often do you meet and, and what are you looking at? Yeah, so at the moment, um, we meet annually, um, and, but we're available to answer member questions. At the moment, we're in the midst of what we call the major rules review cycle. So that's where members can submit their suggestions to make the game in their view better. We had 256 to wade through at our last meeting. So we present our findings and look, some of those um, were humorous. Um, <laughs> we, we waded through all of those and we've come up with our, um, with our recommendations which we'll present at Congress at World Cup. One of the areas of the game which we're really focusing hard on now is how we can equip the umpires with the tools necessary to manage collisions, head neck contact, concussions, a lot of things that are now being headlined in other sports, which in fairness, we've never really turned our mind to in netball. But when you think about we're in a game where contests are in the air, players fall, they hit their head, we don't want to be the sport that has a serious injury um, occurring on our watch when we don't have the tools there. Arguably, the tools are there now, but historically, um, and I can say this from my own experience, umpires aren't necessarily supported to use them because in other sports, players being removed for a period of time for rough or dangerous play is just accepted. If that happens in netball, there always seems to be a drama, albeit that um, coaches are telling us if we took that stand, it would cut a lot of it out. So those are the sort of things we're talking about at the moment. I mean, I watch some games now and I shut my eyes and grimace when players go for balls in the air that they were never going to get. Yeah, fair enough. I'm thinking about that Farmer Yuani situation. Were you umpiring that game, John, that Kitty Wills ended up appealing when she got Correct. sent off? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was involved in that game. And again, that was that was a, an example of where we followed the procedure all the way through, and that was the end outcome. And ironically, you know, we find ourselves in a process um, which basically found that we followed the rules, which given I write them, was quite... Uh, <laughs> you were like, for you! <laughs> do you think that um, you're meeting once a year, Jono, do you think, is that 
often enough? I mean, I always remember back in the day, you know, that there'd be a rule change once every four years for the World Cup. I think that's sped up a little bit, but is it fast enough? Yeah, so we, we meet in person once a year because it, it's quite, it, we get a lot done in that time. We're together for kind of a three or four days. We do have kind of monthly Zoom catch-ups, but we're there to respond to queries that, we, that, that member countries have on the rules. The challenge we've got is we can only ultimately control the international game and the form it takes at World Cup or Commonwealth Games. You've got Australia that are playing their own rule variations. You've got New Zealand that plays slight variations. So what I've told you today about how things work from an international perspective when the game ends and the timings and that sort of thing, countries can modify that if they wish themselves. So I guess that's, while we're the gatekeepers, that's what we're up against in trying to get some consistency across the world. Before um, we get into some discussions about some of the recent rule changes, can you share some of the humorous um, humorous suggestions or requests you've had? I wanted to I'm know so them too. I was sitting yeah. there the whole time. <laughs> Oh well, we had we had some suggestions about increasing the number of players, um, which was just going to be um, interesting to so manage. More players on court. We're... No, more more players on the bench. Oh, okay. um, was, right. um was one which you can see the benefit of. I mean, we have we have other players sitting there at the stands at the moment. I probably I can't really divulge some, but I mean. <laughs> In fairness to people, um, you know, these are this has opened up to all the countries in the world, so they've got their own wee take on how things happen in their neck of the woods. So, look, that's what it's all about. Well, I've got one. You can say it's humorous or not. I don't think it's humorous. But it annoys me so much at the moment, this new interpretation of the short pass. You can basically hand it to the person. No, in my, not quite. Well, not quite. But to <laughs> me, you've taken away... You've taken away a skill. You had to allow space. You've taken away the ability for a defence. And if you're a wing attack, goal attack now, you can literally just hand it to each other. To me, you've reduced the requirement to be skillful. Do you know why it changed? Does it annoy you? Because <laughs> it annoys uh, you. Yes, I, yes, I know why it changed. Um, because it all used to be about the distance measured when the passer and receiver, when the, when the ball was passed with your hands were. Yes, so I remember you used to have to put your hands out and it was like a space in between. Allow or yeah, so you could, you could have the wing attack feeding and an in and out ball to the goal shooter at the edge of the circle and the goal shoot swing around and catch it under the post. The ball travelled three and a half metres and that be a short pass. So that was as ridiculous as passing the ball to one another. All I can say is that um, you're not the only one. That was the most common submission and Ooh, watch the space that we changed. Oh, watch the space. Oh, come on, fight for me, Jono, fight for me. <laughs> so I think, there's, I think there is a com there's a common view amongst um, the world that we haven't got that quite right. So we've got to come up with some wording that we hope will give a fear out. I mean, we all know what we're trying to prevent. Yeah. Um, and you need a rule, it's just how you define it. I'm now channeling Anna Stanley, who... Um, every, we're getting these all off our yes, chest, we're just going to get them off. She has a, a real thing about the, the rule about you've got to have your foot so close to the line. Like incorrect throwing. Incorrect throwing. It's yeah. got to be... Why? Why? What does that uh, purpose, does that serve? Yeah, we, all we really want to have is players not on the line because the line is part of the court, um, and we need a legit. We need some distance to frame it so a defender can legitimately and legally defend. Um, 
we've currently got this this measurement that we've seen to have just plucked, which is six inches. Um, I can tell you as an umpire, I just check the knot on the line. So, you know, I don't think, it's not quite like Anna's day where you have to like, <laughs> Put you literally did used to go like that. At the end of the day, in the modern game, the last thing the umpires want to be doing is glancing down to see if their foot's on the line. Yeah. Um, we just want players to get some responsibility. They put their foot within the vicinity and we'll all just carry on happy days. It's great to hear your opinions on all this, um, Jono. But for us at home watching the ANZ Premiership, you're not involved at the moment. You're doing rugby, but you're still involved internationally. Is that correct? Can you let us know if you're doing any series coming up, the World Cup perhaps? What's your involvement on that? Uh, at the moment, I'm gracing, um, gracing the, the courts of the mighty Hawke's Bay um, with, with club netball and, and um, seeing what else comes to pass. But I'm, yeah, as you pointed out, I'm quite busy every weekend with my own, my super rugby commitments at the moment. But um, I did manage to enjoy an outing last year, um, umpiring Irene's club team. So it was like the two, the two has-beens of the past out on court trying to do our best. <laughs> What, you have made that switch, and I actually pointed it out to my husband this morning. I went, you realise Jono was a netball umpire? He's like, oh, he's really good. And I said, yes, netballers, we, we teach them well, and then they get to go out to the big wide world. So well, how do you find, what, what is, obviously the game's completely different, but the environment and things, what's the big difference between officiating for rugby versus netball. I'm probably thinking more environment as opposed to obviously rules. Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest thing for me that I've had to learn is coming from netball, it is very black and white. Like there are a number of rules and you make quick decisions and you blow your whistle or you play advantage. Whereas in rugby, you're given a little bit more liberty to kind of have that game feel about, sure, there might've been something go wrong, but do we need to call it? Or can we just keep that up our sleeve for next time? Um, so that's been quite a big change for me because obviously um, I had the skills of making decisions under pressure in a hostile environment. So kind of all that stuff was like water off a duck's back for me. What I needed to unlearn was seeing something and quickly blowing my whistle because that's what we did in netball like 150 times a game. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, in rugby, we're trying to get away with kind of 20 penalties a game. So it's been a big learning, but... I think the the similarities and differences. Obviously, rugby you're outside, the crowd's a wee distance away from you, um, so you don't necessarily have people right on your on the hairs of your neck. But at the same time, obviously, you can get seventy thousand people at a game, so there is that um, difference as well. One thing I wanted to ask about, Jono, was um, a game that I was commentating. Um, this round just gone was the Pulse versus the Stars and it was a pretty willing affair and I remember making the comment that you know I wish the umpires might have just said just tie-ho cool cool it I mean what's your feeling on that as a way of just um, resetting resetting yeah calling things yeah, well, I, well I think this is where when I was umpiring I, I always had I was probably quite a different view on this to a lot of my colleagues which kind of um, set me up to, to fail in the eyes of some, I guess. But the umpire does, the umpires do have the tools to manage a fixture now within the rules of the game. They can stop the game and talk to the captains. It's quite a useful tool when I've had to use it. Um, you know, even just to, like, calm everyone down for a moment um, and, like you say, Jenny, 
reset. You know, we've got all the tools there. We don't want to end up players hitting the deck and having to remove players from the court. Nobody wants that in, in the game. So what we can do proactively, and by the time you're kind of saying, all oh, this game is getting a little bit intense, you've probably lost your chance. So it's mm. having the feel as an umpire as to when there's that first late hit or a few or a few things in a row and actually just blowing your whistle slightly louder and saying, hey, you know, wing defence, you know, that, that your timing needs to adjust or, or something along those lines. I think where you can get trapped into is talking too much, so the, you know, as Storm and Adina will attest to, it's very hard to hear an umpire in a game. You don't necessarily listen to everything they're saying unless you do something to get their attention. So that's where actually stopping the match is a really useful tool. Just quickly on that, Jono, last question from me. Would you like to see or would you be all for a captain's or coach's challenge in netball? I mean, I'd never, I'd never say never. I think the challenge is always going to be the, the sport is so fast, you don't want to do things that disrupt from the flow of the game. And having the skill set of the people that are, we've all seen how the bunker's gone in NRL, for example, you need to have suitably qualified people making that assessment. I mean, we had this discussion around that debacle that happened at the end of the quad series in South Africa. I mean, I think we all agree. The goal wasn't scored, was it? That should never have happened. If you can't see a ball go through a hoop um, when everyone else can, we've got some bigger issues to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. We love your honesty, Jono. And yeah, Jenny was sitting there smiling and nodding during that answer. Great to hear from you. Thank you so much for your time. And all the best for the rest of the Super Rugby season. All good. Thanks, team. Take care. Right. Well, since it is the halfway mark of the ANZ Premiership, can you believe it? Uh, We thought we'd have a go at looking at our Form 7s of the competition so far. I've already revealed mine on Netball Zone. You would have seen that on Monday night, but we can take another look at it. Ladies, I want to hear your thoughts. I've gone with Grace Nwicky and Amelia and Ekinacio in the shooting circle. I feel like that's relatively self-explanatory. Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite what I would have had. But Great. I'm, okay. I'm with you. We're in agreement okay. so far. Excellent. My mid-court, this was the hardest thing for me to pick at the moment. But I've actually gone with Gina Crampton in wing attack, Mila Rowley Buchanan in its centre, and Michaela Soklich Beetson at wing defence. I'll start with the two stars, middies. They are miles uh, Biased. Biased. I know. It does seem <laughs> biased. but. Biased. They are, and this is, I picked this before round six, so if we can just forget that round six even happened. Um, but even after round six, the two of them are still leading the feeding statistics for the competition by miles, and they're from the same team. So how does that happen? They're getting so much ball and able to feed it so many times. Gina Crampton alone is, my math is terrible, but I don't know, 60-odd ahead of Mila, who's in second. And other than their little slip-up in round six, I just think they work really well together. They play smart. Little slip-up. Little slip-up. <laughs> little slip-up. <laughs> little slip-up. Yeah, yeah. And Michaela Soklich beats in wing defence I found hard to pick because it's A, a position that isn't super flashy, so it's not often that people stand out. Um, and B, we're seeing players like Karen Berger and Kate Heffernan play out of that wing defence position where they would usually be playing it for the Silver Ferns. But yes, gone with Mickey. And then my defensive circle, Karen Berger and Jane Watson. I didn't want to split them up. They have been incredible all season. Uh, Berger leading the way for intercepts. And she just seems to be right at home playing alongside Jane Watson. So yes, that's my seven.
and my speedy kind of get it all out there so Who you can't argue challenge? with me. Well, I see, I would challenge you quite a few. See, you, okay. you don't want to split up Burger and Watson, but you did split up Mez and Echinacio. You yep. didn't seem to have a qualm there. Well, because uh, you have to have Grace Nwicky in there. Well, That's yes. Why. That's true. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Is that it? Okay. You've spoken. Yes, okay. I've spoken to some. Inga, how can you go? My other one, too, is Kelly Jury. You know, if you're looking at stats, if you're looking at stats, and you obviously have looked at stats because you've quoted a couple there, Kelly Jury, first for defensive rebounds, second for intercepts, only behind Carden Berger. Like, I... How can you leave Kelly Jury out right now? Because I think the reason Berger is playing so well is because she's got Watson in behind her and I don't want to break that up. And it's only really been in the last couple of rounds that I've been impressed with Kelly Jury. I think she's taken a while to get ah. to where she is at the moment and this is my Form 7 at this stage of the competition. She's doing the it classic yes. build, Late Casey Corpua build through the season. Yes, exactly. Mm. All right, Adine, you yeah. can go now. No, I, I thought your arguments were very good there. Thank you. Um, so mm. I've gone very similar to you to start with, Grace and Amelia. I mean, how can you go past that? I am pretty sure Jenny's going to challenge something in there, but we all know who her favourite has always been. Um, and then I agree with I you. Wing attack is so hard because I actually think there's three players that are awesome at the moment. Whitney Soonis, Gina Crampton and Peter Tuiaba. I've gone Peter. The reason I've gone Peter is her brand of netball. I love it. It's different. It's unique. She's explosive. It's powerful. It's fun to watch and taking nothing away from the Genas and the Whitney, because I think Whitney actually has a lot of those same characteristics. Um, but to me, I love watching the exciting stuff, and that's what Peter brings for me. Okay. Um, then I went Maddie Gordon in, at centre again. I was, I was, Mila was in my, in, in my thoughts here. Before round six. Before round, no, 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 but Maddie, I don't know. I just, there's something about, there's something about Maddie. There is something there's about Maddie. There's some little spark that I just love. And I know we're not supposed to be thinking about Sylverns. We're thinking, we're thinking about this competition, but she can play all three roles. Um, she's really up to game, so I've gone with her. Michaela Sokolic beats in. She's my wing defence. She's my, um, she's a leader. She's an inspirer. She's she gets the crumbs. She's she the gets first the crumbs. She's you need a grinder at wing defence, and she's got it. I can feel Jenny also going to argue this point. And then I've gone Cardin, and I couldn't go past Kelly. I know, I, I, I hear you. I'm loving Jane Watson, and I get the combination thing. But Kelly Jury, she that lean she gets shooters shaking in their boots, and that's what we need. And um, so that. That's, go at me, ladies. No, go at I, me. well, I'm not going to, because okay. oh, I will start uh, where, in agreement. Kelly oh, okay. Jury, I think, absolutely tick. tick. Uh, and you always start at the defensive end. Yeah, she well, does. Because they're yeah, the most does. important people. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, right. okay. yeah, yeah, I think. Okay. Okay. You thought you'd agree. This is Jenny's team now. That's yeah. right. Sorry, do, do, we, do we need to No, I reckon put yours it? in there. I think it goes. Oh, yes, go, because I'm, I'm going to find trouble, I think, defending my <laughs> wing defence <laughs> position selection. But yes, um, Jury and Berger, you know, no worries at all. Berger's just amazing. She, she pulls in stuff that I just don't quite know how she gets there and all that sort of thing. And then for the wing defence, I chose Kate Heffernan. Because I was going, when I was selecting my team, I was thinking about the vibe. And I didn't really know. Because she hasn't been playing wing defence. No. So I feel like you're cheating, Jenny. Well, no, no, no. 
Yeah, well, and it's putting places. People you're putting people. people that you like in the places that yes, they're supposed to be. Yes, because I can't argue it. Nolene would understand that <laughs> sometimes. So, but she's exciting, and she that's all I can say really about Kate Heffern and what we But I must say, um, Michaela Sokolich beats him. I, I noticed, in fact, I would have her there just for the post-match you know, interviews. <laughs> yeah. The one that she did after the game the other night, I just, I thought, oh, and, and I actually rewound re and watched it again because she's I thought great, isn't she? she was just, yeah. So, she's not in your team, so you can't No, so that's her. right. Uh, Maddie Gordon in the middle, as much as anyone. Both of you. Yes. Um, I just thought, and again, going by the vibe, because I thought, I've done quite a few pulse matches lately, and she's just one who seems to, you know, be a little bit electric and bring things and going forwards, going backwards, all those directions. Crampton um, did it for me the other day, except I must admit, I did think in the game against the Pulse that for Amu Ioane shut her down. Amu has been played well. Uh, just yeah. of late. She's, yeah. She was just about going to be nominated for Wing yeah. Defence. She popped into my head at Wing Defence yep. too. Uh, and then, of course, we come to my favourite person at college. I reckon everyone no. knows who you're about I'm to say. only playing it up now because she is just having such a great season. Three MP, uh, three MVP performances, Bailey Mears. But again, she's been playing mostly goal shoot. So you've cheated season. again. Well, yes. <laughs> well, no. But me at goal attack, but it's yeah. really been goal Oh, shoot. is it that... Do you have to be that strict? No, we don't have to be. Well, obviously. obviously, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going to do with Weki? We did see her out at goal attack for that brief no, moment. No, not again, please. No, she no. was like, uh, no. But anyway, but that is my team for now. And um, I think that really, you know. I love it. I love that we're all different. Well. We can all discuss to the cows come home why we've picked who we've picked, which is great. Um, if you at home are listening or watching or wherever you're checking out this podcast, feel free to let us know uh, how your Form 7 looks, if you agree with Jen or Adine or me. We'd love to hear from you. But that is all from us for now for your Round 6 Inside Netball episode. Make sure to tune in next week and we'll see you there. <laughs>